Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay. President just spoke. We'll hear some of that in a sec. We also got the jobs report. Yeah. So we gained 199,000 jobs last month, but that's less than half the expected number. So, again, I mean, this is a story that keeps playing itself out over and over and over again. One of the headwinds is that a lot of people are quitting their jobs to seek other opportunities. So, you know, it's you have some lateral movement, more or less. You lose a job, you gain a job back, two steps back, one step forward. It's 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 that's one of the things that's at play here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Joe Biden says that the other economic indicators, which show a sluggish economy that's been hampered by inflation at a runaway pace, uh, he says it's good news. Because there's more job opportunities out there than ever before, which is such an interesting spin on the idea that we have record job openings in this country. (laughs) So basically, with inflation, you have to take another job that pays better to just maintain your life. Right. That's good news. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Missing by over half is good news. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and he's saying, but these people are saying the economy is, is sluggish. He didn't bust out malarkey, did he? He sure did. Oh, good. One of the classics from Joe. Now I hear Republicans say today that uh, my talking about this strong record shows that I don't understand. I don't understand. A lot of people are still suffering, they say. Well, they are. Or that I'm not focused on inflation. Malarkey. They want to talk down the recovery because they voted against the legislation that made it happen. They voted against the tax cuts for middle-class families. (laughs) They voted against the funds we needed to reopen our schools. That is something. To keep police officers and firefighters on the job. To lower health care premiums. They voted against the funds we're now using to buy COVID booster shots. Okay. (laughs) And you'll have a media that carries water. For that president and that administration uh, that will support everything that he just said. But we've spent hundreds of billions of dollars. Well, the, the Congress has appropriated hundreds of billions of dollars and distributed billions of dollars to states for schools to reopen. And yet some of the largest school districts in this country are closing down again. Of course. So obviously that money didn't actually do what they claimed it was going to do. What it what it went towards was buying more communist propaganda in the curriculum. Yes, that's a fact. We just talked about it the other day. That's that's basically it. Well, and that whole thing, uh, malarkey, that I'm not focused on inflation. Remember when he kept denying inflation? Right. Over and over and over, saying, well, we're getting gouged here. For example, one of the reasons why I decided to talk about the need to deal with uh, um, uh, what? Uh, yeah, 
the, uh, the operation and the gouging that occurs in some of the pricing of beef and chicken and other things is that uh, uh-huh. that's why I think we're, I indica- that's why I indicated you we're going to look at whether or not uh, there's a violation of, of antitrust laws right. and what they're doing. Yeah. You know, he really missed the boat on this. He could have, he should have said it's insurrection week. That way we can keep our eyes off of that for a while and just, just mourn and have the Hamilton soundtrack played over and over again behind us for like seventh, eighth, and ninth. Then we get into the weekend. Who cares, right? It's insurrection week. I'm declaring it. Uh, beef is going up, and uh, but we uh, some people we, they still like steak, and don't forget that this that, is the United States of America, for God's sake. Yeah, steak of America, America. <laughs> a new restaurant, <laughs> and we're building. Okay, what more on that clown yes. later? Did anybody see the dust up last night with Tucker Carlson and Ted Cruz? Oh man, you texted me, and I was just getting ready to text you. Because it was scalding, man. Well, and we mentioned yesterday what Ted Cruz said two days ago. Yeah. And I'll let you set this up, David, because this was something to watch. And this is one of the reasons that I really enjoy watching Tucker Carlson. He will go after Republicans. Yeah. Well, he, he uh, Ted Cruz referred to the Capitol riot as a terrorist attack this week. Yes, and, and I mean, not, was and not for the first time, it. right? He's done no, this before. He did it like the day after yes. the yeah. the riot in in an official statement. Mm-hmm. And Tucker called him out the night before. Yes, and, he did. And I can't believe Ted Cruz agreed to go on. He has to. There's too many people that cowered down. Yeah, it, that's right. not that's not Ted's mo. So he goes on. And what clip do you have, David? Because there are a lot we'll get to throughout the show. Well, it's kind of the setup here, and because uh, Tucker is just, he was not very happy with one Senator Ted Cruz. Yeah. So I guess what I, I mean, there are a lot of dumb people in the Congress. You're not one of them. I think you're smarter than I am. Uh, and you never use words carelessly. Um, and yet you called this a terror attack when by no definition was it a terror attack. That's a lie. You told that lie on purpose, and I'm wondering why you did. Well, Tucker, thank you for having me on. When you aired your episode last night, I I sent you a text shortly thereafter and said, listen, I'd like to go on because uh, the way I phrased things yesterday, it it was sloppy and and it was frankly dumb. I don't buy that. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't buy that. Look, I've known you a long time since before (laughs) you went to the Senate. You were a Supreme Court contender. You take words as seriously as any man who's ever served in the Senate. And every word you repeated that phrase, I do not believe that you use that accidentally. I just don't. Time out for a so second. Tucker. Gosh dang. I think what Tucker is saying is true. Oh, really I, do. I do too. I that, was just squirming watching it, though. That it wasn't sloppy. Ted's not sloppy. That, I mean, he's writing out a lot of this stuff. <laughs> the fact that Tucker called him out on it. And then the groveling. That Ted, you know, went right into to try to almost beg forgiveness was something to watch, man. Oh, yeah. And then when he starts to say it was sloppy, and for Tucker to say, you're lying. You're lying. Yeah. Why? I thought was really good. Because I think, at least for me, as just a guy that's watching this happen and watching what's been going on with the country for a while, it's like all of the Republicans that will get their talking points in while grilling Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook or the heads of Google 
Twitter, whatever, and really look like they're standing up for the American people mm-hmm. while still taking donations from Google and Twitter and Facebook. Right. It's like you're a freaking fraud, man. Yeah. Well, to the groveling part, to me, I, I'm not all that caught up in whether or not, you know, you because Tucker, I think, in the outset was wrong. By a strict definition, you could call that a terrorist attack. I think. But not by legal definition. Yeah, you could. No one's been prosecuted right, it's for been, terrorist activity. Well, because, because the organizers were feds. But under federal law, it, it would actually fit, theoretically, the the definition of, of a terror attack. I wouldn't describe it as that just because it's like that, that seems a little bit more melodramatic than what actually occurred. So if that's true, why did Ted not articulate it that way? Honestly, it's because, and I like Ted Cruz a lot, but, man, sometimes when he's up against it, against the base, he will fold. That's what that's what we saw, you know, when he goes the whole vote your conscience thing at the RNC after Donald Trump right. was was getting ready to be uh, be officially the nominee for president uh, in 2016, I mean. Uh, you know, he went from vote your conscience to phone banking for Donald Trump. So, I mean, some, yeah, there is a bit of the political game that comes up with Ted Cruz. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Here's the rest of that exchange. So, Tucker, as a result of my sloppy phrasing, it's caused a lot of people to misunderstand what I meant. Let me tell you what what I meant to say. What I was referring to are, are the limited number of people who engaged in violent attacks against police officers. Right. I understand. Okay. But that's still, I mean, the groveling started, and we'll get to more of the clips later on. Tucker just wouldn't let him off the hook yeah, with that. I, I hate to give these people credit, but there was a really good line on CNN's failing morning show. Yeah. Tucker Carlson is picking his teeth with Ted Cruz's spine. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that was pretty, that's a pretty good line. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> one of the biggest complaints from just regular people, and you, you see this in polling, was that the media and the left was making more out of January 6th than what it actually was. I mean, and Kamala Harris led that yesterday, saying Pearl Harbor, 9-11, January 6th, comparing them all like they're all in the same playing field is a joke. And so when Ted says, you know, terrorist attack, it's like you're playing into the other side's narrative, man. What makes you say that? Well... You know, I'm, we could parse that any way you want to. But the bottom line is this. Everything that happened over the summer was never to be labeled as terrorists. I understand. You're talking about the... And when when federal riots. buildings yeah. were burning down, when businesses were being torn down. Yeah. But this is rises to the level of terrorism? Right. Please, help define it for me then. And if you, helped, if you happen to see it last night, when... When Carlson played, because we all know what happened in the summer of destruction, right? Yes. When they rolled the video of the different scenes again, listen, I've seen it probably a hundred times. It still had an effect on me watching that last night going, yeah, those sons of, they are comparing that to January 6th. It's a joke. Right. And CBS, I don't know if you heard this story, buried a poll, their own poll, that showed most Americans, both parties, think January 6th was, quote, a protest that went too far. Yeah. Fox reported this. Uh, other outlets had it. Um, it was over 2,000 adults. 
and 80% of Republicans, 69% of Democrats described it as a protest that went too far. Even 70% of Biden voters characterized it that way. But CBS did not choose to highlight that in their coverage. They quickly noted people widely called it a protest that went too far. Okay, and then it turned its focus uh, on other responses to the poll conducted with YouGov. Um, Most Americans, including most Democrats, but just a fifth of Republicans, call it an insurrection and describe it as an attempt to overturn the election and the government. That's what they highlight. Mm -hmm. Not that most people thought it was a protest that went too far. I thought that was pretty interesting. It, you know, the whole thing with yesterday was, you know, pretty nauseating. I think we had some fun with it. If you look at it like this is just an absolute joke, which is what it was, you could at least laugh at it a little bit. But, you know, as I was looking through some clips today, there have been so many things um, that seem to happen all the time that we almost forget about that the media lets our current president off the hook on. You think about how many tests are out there right now for COVID. You can't find them right. in a lot of places. And when he was just recently asked about that. Come on, what took so long? I'm hearing that from people who are trying to get tested now before the holidays. Well, what took so long didn't take long at all. That's a failure. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> what does that mean? <clears throat> what took so long didn't take that long at all. What? That's, it's just an absolute failure. And this is the one I think that we've highlighted before, but you keep coming back to it with COVID. If the president had done his job, had done his job from the beginning, all the people would still be alive. All of them. All the people. I'm not making this up. Just look at the data. No. Look at the data. Look at the data. No. And that was after, what, over 200,000 people died and Biden said what? Anyone who's responsible for that many deaths should not remain as president of the United States of America. Yes, let's hold that guy to that. There's more under you. What does that mean? I know, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We know that the new DA in New York is defending the pro-crime policy. We'll get to that much more. That's a head scratch. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, let's talk about New York for a second. And, and this is frustrating to see a DA say, you know what, armed robbery, I don't know, we need prosecute that. Nah, you know, we, we might prosecute it, but we're not going to throw anybody in jail for it. If jail for that? Hurt, you know, hey, Does you, you flashed, understand what armed robbery is? Just because you flashed a gun. God, just dang. because you're a felon in possession of a handgun. I mean, if it's not loaded even, what's the point of throwing that person in jail? This from people that are always, we've got to do something about guns on the street. Right. But if you have one illegally and hold somebody up, ah, no jail time for that. Well, they didn't shoot anybody. So uh, that is the Manhattan District Attorney's position, apparently. He's going to stop prosecuting low-level crimes as well. 
Uh, Alvin Bragg is this guy's name. He was on CNN to defend what I can only describe as pro-crime policies. Um, And he was asked uh, by the host, hey, if I can just steal a banana and get away with it, why would I ever pay for a banana? Many of these cases are not driven by someone who just wants the banana to just flout the rules. Uh, they're driven by addiction. They're driven by mental health issues. They're driven by poverty. So what we're going to do is link people to the services they need so that we can put it in. We, we are already arresting people for the banana. What happens? They then go into pretrial detention or they, they are caught up in the system, so to speak. No. And it happens over no. and over and over again. No, uh, no it takes personal responsibility. Well, also, it should be pointed out in New York City, they're not going into pretrial detention. It's the magic of cashless bail. <laughs> I mean, that's not right. This, exactly. What's he talking about? We've already seen how this type of yeah. policy and this type of thinking uh, eventually literally has gotten people killed in New York City and in San Francisco and L.A. I mean, we know this doesn't work and he's doubling down on it. Yeah, this is all about reimagining law enforcement. And the judicial system. Why not, I ask, uh, and we're going to do, get that person what they need so we can get them out of the system so we can focus on things like guns and sexual assaults. This is both humane and fair. We'll give people the services they need, and it's going to make us safer. Guns and sexual assault. You have people that have sexually assaulted people back on the street. And you don't want to put armed robbery people in jail. That doesn't make sense. And it's going to make us safer because they're not going to keep cycling in and out of the system. We don't we, we don't want broken windows. We don't we do not want disorder. But there's so many uh, ranges of services that we can provide to really address it. Look at the status quo. Because that's worked. That's worked for decades, right? That this has been tried. Give me a break. We've been doing this for years, and we've got an uptick in gun violence. We've got an increase in incarceration. We've got domestic violence on the rise. What we're doing right now is not working. Yeah, because of policies that he is championing here. I mean, like Like just one example out of many in New York, Tyreek Williams, he allegedly shot somebody in the Bronx last April and then was out. And, uh, sorry, I'm sorry, he was arrested first last September and then a few months later was arrested after he shot somebody. This is a guy facing a felony weapons charge who was out on the street. It's disgusting. Before we move off this, you know what comes into my head? What's that? (laughs) The one thing you can say it's controversial and, oh, I don't know if this was the right way to go about it. Stop and frisk in New York work. You know, that's so weird because you read my cartoon balloon because I was thinking the exact same thing. As the dude says, we've done this. It doesn't work. No, what worked, all of you folks in the systemic racism corner said, oh, no, we can't have that. It's terrible. No, it definitely put a huge dent in crime. It did. So you can't say, well, nothing's worked. No, it has. You just don't like the results of what worked. Anyway, I'm going to form the Stop Stealing Bananas Coalition. Yeah, you should do that. <laughs> yes, I don't like that. That's my platform. You, you have you stop bringing in bananas, by the way. Yeah, what I noticed. Anyway, um, real quick, and you only have five seconds to answer. On a scale from one to ten, as far as looks go, what do you give yourself, Robbins? <laughs> Four. <laughs> Three and, and a half. The average guy says five point nine. Oh well, not this guy. I guess not. David and I are, we lack self-esteem. 
I was trying to object to the election, says Ted Cruz. Next. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Maybe you saw the story inside the White House. The advisors to Joe Biden are urging him to change his domestic strategy for how to respond to the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah. Basically, it's uh, plagiarized Ron DeSantis in Florida. Pretty much. Yeah. That's what a lot of these people are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we're going to have to learn to live with this. That's just going to be part of it. Absolutely. People have said that for quite a while. Now, when Biden was out there today, someone asked him that question. Are we getting to the point where we should be prepared to live with it, right? Yeah, yeah it was basically like, are, are we just going to, is this just going to be it now? No, we have to worry about the coronavirus all the time. Okay. Mr. President, should Americans prepare to stay? No, I don't think COVID is here to stay, but having... COVID in the environment here and in the world is probably here to stay. But COVID, as we're dealing with it now, is not here to stay. The new normal doesn't have to be. We have so many more tools we're developing and continue <laughs> to develop. You look confused, Robbins. Oh, well, I am confused. That's just out and out McGurkin right there. <laughs> I mean, he, I don't even know what he just said. What did he say? It's either here to stay or not to stay. It's not here to stay. But in the world, it might be here to stay? Well, yeah, I mean, it'll be here, but not the way it is right now. Hmm. Holy smokes, man. <laughs> and continuing to develop. That can contain COVID and other strains of COVID. So I don't believe this is that. If you take a look, we're very different today than we were a year ago. Yeah, worse. Even though we still have problems. But 90% of the schools are open now was 98 is down to 90 but is open now because we spent the time and the money in the recovery well, no, act no, no, to provide no, for no, the ability no, of schools no. to remain open no it's just ponderous it's just ponderous so 98 to 90 percent that those are the numbers he's saying because we passed the money we we sent the money to keep schools open well if you sent the money to keep schools open then it should be at a hundred percent correct you would think yes is there 10 percent that went nah Okay. And, uh, you know, what we're doing now is we talked about, uh, you know, how we're uh, dealing with uh, with testing. Well, you know, we have been doing now, we've had 300 million tests per month so far. And uh, that's 11 million tests a day. In addition to that, we've, we're in the process of ordering 500,000 new tests. 500,000? I thought it was 500 million. That's what I thought. The problem is people can't get the test. That's been the problem all week. Yes. Over the last few weeks. Yes. People have a hard time finding the test. Yes. What is he talking about? And so we're going to be able to control this. The new normal is not going to be what it is now. It's going to be better. Oh, okay. Well, okay. That's the ringleader of the McGurkis Circus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess it doesn't have to make sense. Um 
I mean, because no one's going to call him out on it, except independent journalists and conservative journalists. That's it. Maybe those wandering, meandering answers that are all over the place are, are built to confuse you. Where you can't ask a follow-up no, yeah. because you just don't even know what he just said. It's a, it's a verbal rope-a-dope, you can say. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. Good one. A verbal rope-a-dope. Just kind of sucks you in and you think you're hearing something of, of substance. And then you realize at the end of it, after you're walking out, wait a minute, that didn't make any sense. No, it did not. The definition of McGurkin. Right there. Holy but moly. earlier, it made sense to some people anyway. I'm not going to shut down the country, but I'm going to shut down the virus. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Now, now you can't blame the unvaccinated for what's going on either. Well, they're still doing it, though. They, they're, they're trying. They're but still doing it. David, he did it this week. I know he did it this week. But the night, Nightly news last night. But all I'm saying is that people are not buying it anymore. Every single day, every positive test of right. somebody who's had two doses, and a booster, they're saying, okay, well, this is not actually a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That's my daughter. That's me. Yeah, enough about you for a minute. Can we talk about my daughter for a minute? I'm just saying 33% of this show is the same way. (laughs) Yes. I think it's more two-thirds. But But your daughter has it too, right? Yeah, my point was working in a doctor's office, okay, as a scribe, had to be vaccinated fully and then boosted. And was boosted like a month or so ago. So it wasn't like, well, it got it too late. No, you still get it. Omicron. But yet they're still on. This is this whole pandemic of the unvaccinated. That earlier this week. The unvaccinated also put our economy at recovery at risk, (laughs) causing unease in the economy around and uh, causing unease around the kitchen table. Yeah, that was before. There's no excuse. That was this no week. No excuse for anyone being unvaccinated. This continues to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So we got to make more progress. Mm. And we could sit here and go in the circle mm. of argument about unvaccinated and vaccinated again, but I don't think we probably need to. It's ridiculous, man. You know, and it's, again, it's, it's, and, it's and interesting. kids have been at right. very little risk from the get-go. No, exactly. And we got a Supreme Court justice saying what? Yeah, Sonia Sotomayor thinks uh, that the wise Latina thinks that kids are just are dropping left and right from COVID. Uh, so today they're hearing arguments over Biden's OSHA vaccine mandate, and I mean she's thrown out a whole lot of misinformation when it comes to COVID anyway. Mm-hmm. That Omicron is deadlier than Delta. That that what? that's not true. Uh. Oh, that OSHA has, has federal police powers and should be able to enforce a vaccine mandate. Yeah, yes. Yeah. She's on the Supreme Court. Yeah, she oh, is. And then she talked about the kids. Okay. Um, we have hospitals that are almost at full capacity with people is severely ill on ventilators. We have over 100,000 children which we've never had before, in, in serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators. Is that true? No, no, that's not even close to true. Okay, you can get kicked off Twitter for less, and that person's on the Supreme, Supreme Court. Court. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Don't use your platform to spread misinformation. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're a Supreme Court justice for God's Where sake. are we? I don't know, man. Axel Rose nailed it, right? 
You in the jungle, baby. <laughs> Wake up. Yeah. By the way, and not to sell you short on your COVID story. Yeah. Because, no. yeah, you had it all. And then you tested positive. Yes. And you had a fever. I did not have a fever. I never did test positive. No, I think, you, had, I think you gave it to me. I gave it to you. You had a cold. I don't know. The Look, week before Christmas. Who knows? I could have got it at Hy-Vee. I could have got it at the gas station. I could have got it anywhere. <laughs> right? You never know. You don't know. But I think we all figure out you got to keep living, crying out loud. There are some people I feel bad for them. They're scared to death. Oh, yeah. Jeez. All right, we got to move on. Get to other stuff. Oh, we mentioned earlier the dust-up last night with Tucker Carlson and Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. You had another clip from that, David. Yeah, well, he, he's in some trouble, Ted Cruz is, with some people because he referred to the Capitol riot as a terrorist attack this week. Mm-hmm. So he went on Tucker Carlson's show and apologized, uh, saying he was trying to, you know, he says, hey, look, I was the guy trying to get to the bottom of election uh, irregularities, okay? I mean, so I'm I'm one of the good guys. Okay. I was talking about people who commit violence against cops, and you and I both agree if you commit violence against cops, you should go to jail. Yeah, but you're not a terrorist. You know, you're not. You're a guy who, you know guy who assaults a cop. Okay, so I, that, there's, a, there's, a, there's a legal difference, as you well know, better than I do, since you were actually in the running for the Supreme Court, and there's a moral difference between a guy so, Tucker, you know, the, the, right? the reason Big I time. use that word is for a decade I've used that word for people that violently assault cops. I use that word all in 2020 for the Antifa and BLM terrorists that assaulted cops and firebomb police cars. But yeah. I agree, it was a mistake to use the word yesterday. Because the Democrats and the corporate media have so politicized it, they're trying to paint everyone as a terrorist, and it's a lie. And by the way, I've spoken out vocally against your change you just had. They want to paint us as Nazis. Yes. That was scary. That is what they're trying to do. And I just, look, I'm the one leading the fight in the Senate against this garbage. And it's what I have been doing, and it's what I'll continue doing. Sounds a little desperate there. I think you could stand by it and just say, hey, look, I mean, under a dictionary definition of this, I I felt like it's appropriate to label this as a terrorist attack. Okay, you can, but you're you're falling into the same uh the same ideology as the people who do want to surveil and shut down anybody who voted for Donald Trump. People calling it, you know, the insurrection and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, again, my gut is you get people that are watching what's happening in the country and you feel like you don't have a voice in D.C. Like, where are the Republicans that should be standing up for a number of different things? It's like they're MIA. What is going on? And so, yeah, when Ted goes out, was that January 4th? They had a terrorist attack. Like, what? I mean, again, we can rehash the whole thing and say, yes, if you broke the law, you should be prosecuted. All of those things, it was ugly for a lot of people. But what the media and the left has made out of it is nuts. And again, comparing it to 9-11 right. and Pearl Harbor. Yeah, well, you know, every And inst- so for Tucker to call him out and say, well, and he did it the night before, and that's why Ted went on. Say, what is that? Yeah, I get it. Every political instinct that our vice president has is wrong. She lacks any sense of instinct or what the general population thinks about it. She doesn't, she doesn't know she's a terrible politician. Yes. Terrible. Yeah. When you're talking about 
the left and what but they tried to do But she says stuff like that, and it, it it's but so her. Yes, well, it's that whole administration. They yes. write that for her. It's unbelievable. Yes. Did you guys happen to see this piece in the New York Times? Remember when everyone was leaving New York because of yeah. COVID? Still are. Oh, yeah. And then it was the crime. You know, it was like one thing after another, and all these, you know, people have left. I just happened to see this piece. Um, and it's people that are still in New York are really ticked off at the people that left. Like, they were our friends. They just kind of abandoned us. <laughs> well, gosh. I Okay, tell me if I'm way off base here. Is I, I was reading this piece. Um, you know... You have people saying, well, yeah, I mean, realize it's not going to always be this way, but we stick together like we stuck together after 9-11, and you're abandoning us. Listen, well, man, that, if that, you've ever lived in a state where there was, like, people leaving for, you know, a better life, a better situation, do you ever feel like you can't go? We're in this together in this town. Is that just unique to New York? No, Some it's sort not. sort of New York pride? I mean, if you take Texas and Florida out of the equation, I would say pretty much everything, every city of any size at all, people have gotten the hell out. They don't want to be there anymore. Right, but I, what I'm asking is, does that happen in other cities well, where yeah, people does. feel that's, like you abandon us? Or well, is that uh, like I a New know. York pride? Yeah, there, there is. It's sort of like they, you know, a lot of New Yorkers think they're tough just because they, uh, what, they put up with conditions the way they are in New York City. Right. We live in a, you know concrete crap box and therefore we're tough or something like that but we're some of the whiniest people on the planet okay i mean i I think they're actually just mad at the people who got out it's i'll I'll compare it to this it's it's the same reason people were mad at adele for getting thin it's like no you can't do this (laughs) that's that's a really good comparison it is yeah well i'll give you a quote from one of the people this is a guy named lazarus jackson he's 39 a truck driver um, said COVID was the last straw for some people in my neighborhood. They were like, I don't want to be here anymore. And they sold their house and left. I'm not happy with these people at all. It's breaking a bond. We've been friends for like 20, 25 years. Shut up. I tell my friends, there was a lot that went into you having that house in the first place. It's been in your family since the 60s. A lot of sacrifices were made for you to have it. Why sell it? So when people leave the community, um, it's not like, you know, things get better. Which is so so when, when I have friends that say, I want to get out of the city, I think it's a pretty short-term way of looking at things. <laughs> no. Maybe the problem's in the mirror, man. Yeah. They want to better their lives for themselves right. and for their family. Yes. I mean, what's wrong with that? I, if you want to sit there and get carjacked, and if all of a sudden you become immune to the smell of urine, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't... I, I, and rats that you can put saddles on? I mean, yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> I, it just took me back reading that. I mean, think about it. If, if you're in a small town and have that attitude, you shouldn't leave. They're like a small-minded person. But the New York Times looked as this like, yeah, you left us. Get out. How do you do that? Hey, do you know anybody who has privilege because they're good-looking? Wait till you hear this story next.
Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Happen to see this story. The Washington Post had to update a March 9th fact check on Senator Tom Cotton. Okay, because at the time he predicted that murderers would be receiving stimulus checks as part of the Democrats' COVID relief bill. Washington Post, like, Pinocchio's. Yeah. That's not true. And then you had the Boston Marathon bomber get yeah. 1400 bucks. Yeah, he hasn't paid a dime towards restitution, but he is still getting some financial benefits. Okay. What's he do with the money? I don't know what he does. When I talked money. to him, he said he was thinking about divesting. Hey, I'm not sure. Cigarettes? It's a Bitcoin? Yeah. I have no Cigarettes idea. Cigarettes Mountain Dew? So Tom Cotton's press secretary reached out to the Washington Post saying, hey, how about an update? <laughs> when you said uh, the Pinocchio's there on this story. Yeah. So they updated it to now saying mostly true. And then the Washington Post said, we take requests seriously and are always willing to review a fact check in light of new information. <laughs> you don't say. What was partly false? Right. Well, it, I'll go on with the explanation if you want, saying he received two Pinocchio rating because his comments lack context. He suggested this problem was a result of something Democrats did when he had previously voted for legislation with the same language that allowed for checks to be issued to prisoners. He also made it clear that he intended to weaponize this debate for campaign ads. And what is that? Okay, but he was one of the senators who was trying to say, okay, we we had an oversight here. Let's add some language to the next round of checks that say that if you're in prison, you're not getting these checks. Right. Yeah, if you're in prison, yeah. Right. So that's not partly false. That's That's true. What he said was true. Right. And the fact that he made it clear to weaponize the debate for campaign ads, that doesn't make it true or not true. So what? The Democratic Party was fundraising literally on January 6th. Yeah. Well, they sending... they've, by the way, they've had to do that before with Cotton because of when he talked about the coronavirus and the Wuhan lab. Right. He said, well, that's been debunked. Well, no, <laughs> it was not debunked. That lie was also in there with Fauci. He was part of that lie. I know we're running out of time. I mentioned some people on social media, they're calling it a humble brag, um, are saying, yes, I do suffer from pretty privilege. I get things because I'm a pretty person, mostly ladies. Like that's new news to anyone. <laughs> yeah, I say. This is the Barkley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David Van Camp had said this from the jump with Omicron. Maybe this is a good thing in the end. Uh, that would be uh, world-renowned epidemiologist Dr. David Van Camp. Thank you. Yes. Sorry about yeah. that. No, but it, it just seemed to be common sense if it were a milder form, but it spread like wildfire. I mean, this is kind of how serious illnesses wind up settling down 
and just becoming a seasonal nuisance, you know? Uh, so while there is pain up front, potentially in the long run, uh, for the world, this could be a good thing. Um, so the Wall Street Journal is reporting that data out of the UK show a serious disconnect between severe COVID hospitalizations and then case numbers overall. Mm-hmm. Meaning while cases are up, fewer people are winding up in a serious situation. And similar to what happened in South Africa, the case numbers look like they're going to be dropping really quickly, quicker than, than we had seen with previous waves. Why didn't we believe the expert from South Africa? Because she was saying that from the very beginning. Right. Because she's a woman? <clears throat> what was the reason? We didn't seem to take her at her word. Well, right now somebody got to Dr. Fauci in our government and was like, hold on a second, we got more socialist things to pass. Yeah. We, we got we to gotta keep that money train rolling. Come on, man. <laughs> As the Wall Street Journal reports, the Omicron variant of the coronavirus has fueled the biggest surge in COVID-19 cases in the U.K. since the pandemic began. But the number of people critically ill in hospitals has not increased significantly, keeping pace with it, right? And that is a promising sign uh, for countries around the world, including ours, that are seeing their own rapid run-ups in infections. Uh, and Ed Morrissey over at HotAir.com points out there's a distinction in the curves between Omicron and previous waves. Cases are three times higher than the previous record wave a year ago and nearly four times higher than the Delta wave back in August. However, hospitalizations, while up, are not nearly up by the same amplitude, despite the number of Omicron cases. Okay. And it begs the question for a lot of people. I already know what the answer is going to be. But still, it doesn't make sense in that the talking line from the White House is still, well, you got to get vaccinated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're... even though even the booster is not stopping Omicron. No. But and your kids got to get your kids vaccinated. We know before they're at very little risk. That was from Delta. Let alone this. But that's still the talking point. Why? I don't have the answer. I, we can, I can give a theory in about 30 minutes, um, and you might think it's tinfoil hatty. But it doesn't make sense to people because that's still it. It all goes back to the vaccine. It's not about treatment. It's, it's all about the vaccine and sometimes masks. That comes and goes. That's back at a lot of places now. They've revised their guidelines, and you know, people and, are and wearing things, masks and work again. And the thing is with this, the sequel is never as good as the original. You know, it gets watered down and it gets less, more and more less effective as so time goes on, right? We're in Godfather 3 territory is what yeah. you're saying. Okay. Or Ghostbusters with the all-female cast. Right. Yes. Boy, you know what? You're probably right, David, with Godfather 3 because there was the original variant and then there was, well, there were others that weren't that big a deal, but then Delta was like Godfather 2. Right. Yes. That was, that Delta was off. Godfather 2. By the time you got to 3, we're dealing with Omicron. Got it. Okay. Thanks for putting that in perspective that we can understand, Scott. Well, it's my weak brain can understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully you survived all of the rhetoric from yesterday with legacy media trying to make January 6th into another Pearl Harbor or the Civil War or 9-11. Um, I did not hear this piece of audio that you're going to give to us, David. Where this, is this from? This is almost like leftovers here, but I, I'm addicted to stupid hot takes. So I I had to share it with the rest of you. Uh, Joe Biden, you know, he gave his big speech. is full of straw men and insults to millions of Americans who voted for Donald Trump. 
But the media is saying, well, this was a unified message, right? This was a unifying message, rather, unless you hate America. (laughs) So that's basically the talking point. Now, MSNBC's Andrea Mitchell and Chuck Todd kicked around the speech (laughs) and what this moment really meant. And this is astounding. Okay, brace yourself. This was the speech, as Chuck says, he had to give. And I think by rising above specific legislative disagreements, he makes what they call partisan, the critics, nonpartisan. Mm -hmm. The election, the peaceful transfer of power, something that since the Civil War, we have never argued about. (laughs) We have never had a disagreement about, actually, since the founders. Uh, What? Lincoln's election was more accepted. Exactly. exactly. Uh, As I was just thinking about that, even in the Civil War, we did not disagree with the passing of power. That's insane. That's insane. So here, well, she was around for it. She should know. Little little quick history lesson here. Uh, Yeah. Abraham Lincoln had to travel in secret to get to Washington D.C. after he was elected president because there were very real threats on his life. The secession began in earnest, like, what, a month after the election? If that. You had South Carolina, I think it was like December 20th or something like that uh, in 1860. And then by February, you had Mississippi, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, and Texas following suit as well. That was not a peaceful transition of power. Oh, my gosh. That is mind-numbingly stupid. I mean... For people who are alleged to be smarter than the average bear, that's the, the argument. transition. I don't understand. I mean, the inauguration happened. The certification happened. The day yes. of this thing that was allegedly like 9-11. So, that's the part I don't understand. <laughs> so please help me understand. That, some, that somehow Abraham Lincoln's election was more was more peaceful, even though states were literally saying, I'm out. We're not right. voting for you. Yes. Oh my. That goodness. was more peaceful than a couple of than 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 a couple hundred idiots breaking into a capital. And I mean, not to mention all of the different people on the left through the last five years, and some still saying Trump was illegitimate. Right. Don't forget there were riots in D.C. on inauguration day. Yes. On January 6th, 2017. Mm-hmm. Cars being lit on fire, police vehicles being lit on fire. Oh, but they didn't they they didn't go into the Capitol, so I guess that doesn't count. Wow. You know what? There was a great piece at the Federalist. Let's switch gears for a second. Uh the title was One Year After January Sixth, Elites Remind Us Their Lives Are More Valuable Than Yours. I think you know yeah. where the writer's going with this. To say, look at everything that's gone on across the country at different times. And you highlighted this very well yesterday, David. Um, what had happened to families in Minneapolis during the Floyd riots or in Philadelphia, Chicago, it goes on. No one seemed to care what no. was happening no. to citizens in those cities. But all of a sudden, January 6th happens, and it is this massive thing that the entire country needs to unite around and hold hands yeah. and sing songs and bring in the Hamilton cast. Cast of Hamilton. Yeah. I mean, 
independents are looking at this yesterday going, this is a joke. It is a joke. And, you know, one of the things that I bring up often just because it haunts me so much is during these mostly peaceful riots that were going on all last year, that child, Sequoia Turner, murdered in Atlanta. She got 18 seconds on the Today Show. Today Show spent more time talking about Keisha Lance Bottoms, the mayor of Atlanta, and how forcefully she was rebuking the violence. Man. Yeah, it's, it's astounding. If you have a chance to read that piece in The Federalist, it's pretty good. Because it really talks about how the media and political elites are just so out of touch. Something that we already know. But it was, I mean, really on display yesterday. Um, you know, the start of the new year, you know, as I mentioned before, I like New Year's. I like a fresh start. I don't think, David, you look at it quite the same way, or Scott. I don't yeah. want to say you poo-poo the whole thing, but you're like, every day's a new day. Why, why do I care that it's January 1st? Mm-hmm. Is that kind of it? Yeah, pretty much. But, I mean, if you, you know, are setting goals or want to get some things accomplished, you know, you Put it so down. You know, a, if you put a, it down in writing, there's, there's psycho- a, I know, there's a I better know. chance. There's psychological impact of New Year's Day, I suppose. You don't write stuff down, though, and I'm not saying you're a bad person for it. You're just not into it. No, I'm not. Because you just rolled your eyes when I said that. Yeah, I know. I know, but you that's what you do. <laughs> and you journal and you write everything down, and, you know, God love you for that. Well, you mock it. I'm just, well... Roll your eye. Okay, whatever. Dear Journal, today Scott didn't do his write down anything. I don't think I've ever said that. Okay. No, I don't know. I, you're, I, you do you and I'll do me, right? That's fair enough. David does David. I understand. I'm not trying. I'm just saying no, no, this is I know. what people I know, but do. sometimes I think you think says. I should do it because you've suggested I do it before. Well, I suppose if you're the person yeah. that hears someone whining and moaning every day of the year about something or another, and you're like, hey, you know what you could do about that? And they're like, no, I'd rather bitch eh, about Come it. on, I'm a person from the 2022 <laughs> year. just want to complain. I really don't want to do anything. Well, people say, you know, when you remember this, David, when they were talking about it, and that man, maybe this was like two years ago. It was the one lady on Netflix saying, here's how you declutter and improve your life. Oh, Marie Kondo, yeah. And a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea when I just got rid of a bunch of crap yeah. how much I would feel better. Yeah, you, you lay things out, and then yeah. you ask yourself, does this bring me joy? That's what I don't need to go that far. But just getting rid of crap, you feel better about it. Mm-hmm. So I happen to see this piece about, okay, here's five things you should get rid of to start the year. You ready? Or do you not want to hear it at all? No, that's fine. Go ahead. Nope, not going to do it now. Why? Well, I'm curious. Yeah, okay, well, I so am I. Yeah, go ahead. Well, it's not that I'm not curious. Like old documents. Yeah. Stuff like super old tax documents. Well, yeah. you don't have those. No, I got plenty of them. Jeez. In the last <laughs> four years in particular. <laughs> well, there was one you didn't file. A couple that were missing. Yes. That's yeah, all right, though. Um, but if you have the old ones, you get rid of those. You shred them. You don't really want it around anyway. Do you have damaged kitchenware? No. You know, like Tupperware that's, like, stained or missing a lid? No. Or any glasses chipped? No. Yeah, any of that stuff you get rid of. Paper plates, plastic spoons and forks and knives. Yeah. Chuck you, it. You have stuff in a junk drawer? Like you keep a pen that doesn't write? Uh, not really. Or, okay. Anything like that they would say get rid of. Yeah. And then here's one. 
clothes you don't wear. Oh, jeez. There's stuff that's worn out, doesn't fit, or was a gift and never used. Yeah. Okay. A lot of that. I'm guilty there. I'm totally I just guilty. realized I'm wearing a shirt that's, I think, 20 years old. What's on the front? I, I didn't even see. It's a logo oh. for Marshall Amplifiers. Awesome. <laughs> it may be older than that. So I should probably do that. Get rid of it. But, I mean, it still fits. I mean, I well, like no, it. it looks good on you. Oh, I mean, hush. Just say it. I thought it's this nice. was no, interesting. Nice. All right. You know what we're going to get right back to? Griping and moaning about the current condition of this country. That's right. right in your wheelhouse, Scott. Yep. Well, and you want to know about the Olympics, right? Is there going to be a boycott? United States going to boycott this thing? No. We will get to that and much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. And we move forward now in the face of the Omicron variant as well. The Omicron. So with the Omicron. <laughs> Shut up. What? It's not Omicron. That's what he said. I know that's what he said. <laughs> what about the Olympics? What about uh, the Chinese Communist government and the genocide? We're going to have our athletes play there? I mean, some countries are like, I don't even know if we want to send them with everything going on with COVID. And, yeah. It's called the Omicron. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> it's Omicron, I think. But Yeah. Yeah, well, the uh, Olympic Committee uh, made clear its position today that they will not be boycotting the Beijing Games. Uh, Fox News Digital was the first one to report this. Uh, Suzanne Lyons, chair of the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee uh, Board of Directors, said, well, an athlete boycott of the Olympic and Paralympic Games is not the solution to human rights or geopolitical issues. Then what is? We're opposed to athlete boycotts because they have been shown to negatively impact athletes while not effectively addressing global issues. So instead, let's continue to pour millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars into an oppressive communist regime because we don't think uh, not giving them that money will have any impact. There's a lot of cowards out there. I understand that she's sticking up for her organization and the athletes yep. that she represents. I understand all that. Yep, me but, too. But it would be nice for somebody to have some backbone. Yeah. You're not seeing it. Why do you think that is? It's the money. Some people say, yes, that's exactly what it is. Anytime you bring that up. You'll have people say, it's all a conspiracy. There is so much Chinese money mm-hmm. in the United States, the government, and companies, universities. My gosh. Did you see the story that just came out? Chinese man had to plead guilty to stealing trade secrets from a company based in St. Louis to benefit the Chinese government? This stuff happens all the time. It's yeah. not widely reported. It's not like it's not happening. <laughs> it goes on all the time. There are fang fangs all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and and referencing Eric Swalwell's girlfriend. Yeah. Yes, the Chinese spy. What I also don't understand here is that set aside 
if he can, human rights abuses, content, literal concentration camps. I don't even like saying human rights abuses because that even sanitizes the monstrosities that are being conducted on a daily basis in China. Oh, if you actually said what they're doing, it's gut-wrenching. It's genocide is what they're doing. Um, Harvesting body parts. Yeah. So set aside that for a second. They did lie about a global pandemic that's killed a lot of people all around the world, and we're going to reward them? I know. Never held them accountable. No. (laughs) I mean, it's it's crazy. But again, man, I mean, something we know, our sitting president, his family, has benefited from other countries, money flowing in to the family coffers from other countries, including China. Mm -hmm. No one seems to care. (laughs) That is a conflict of interest on a lot of levels. Did Hunter Biden ever get out of the deal with China, the the one company, David, you were following? He was uh, investing, or he was uh, he had a, a share in an investment group that had ties to Chinese surveillance technologies. I think he has finally unwound himself of that, but they've okay. been very opaque about about the details. Golly. Okay. On a lighter note, um, I saw this story, thought of you, David. Because you've said before you enjoy Taco Bell. I do. Maybe not proud of it, but you enjoy it nonetheless. They have launched its $10 monthly subscription service. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. 10 bucks a month. Yes. Well, they, they tried it out, and it must have been a success because they launched it nationwide yesterday. The Taco Lovers Pass. You pay 10 bucks a month, and you're able to get one free taco every day. Man. The options include the soft taco, a spicy potato soft taco, crunchy taco, or Doritos taco. And it's all done through the app. Well, the idea is you're going to get more than one, I'm guessing, or get more added to it. So sure, they'll make up for it there. But it's a great idea. That's more than anything. It's not, I mean, I'm not getting paid by Taco Bell. I think it's interesting as far as a business move. It is. Do you think it's going to be a big, big win for them? Hmm. I mean, it, it, they'll probably get a lot of signups in a month or so, and and yeah, then they'll have a lot of information about their customer base. I yes. think it's, it's more about a it's more about a data grab than just a direct money grab. Yeah. Okay. Something I want to get to coming up. Everything we've seen over the last year and a half. What's it really about? I know that sounds big. We'll get to it coming up. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. The Gen Xer, the Millennial, is David Van Camp, and then the Baby Boomer is Scott Robbins. I don't even think of it that way. I was telling my wife last night, sometimes I forget Van Camp's so young, and I say, that song came out before you were born. Golly. See, that's when yeah, things get put into perspective. It does. Okay, the CDC director is meeting with media coaches. That's yeah. probably a good thing. Yeah, probably. But apparently this has been going on for months. 
Rochelle Walensky, the nervous wreck who's heading up the CDC, (laughs) can't keep her story straight because, I mean, there's part of me that feels bad for her because she'll come out and say something. Uh, Then the Biden administration gets marching orders from either corporate America or union interests, and then they tell her, hey, the science has to change, okay? Mm -hmm. That's why it's this emotional roller coaster all the time. Schools are safe, but they're very dangerous. Remember that? I mean, that was over the course of a month. She kept going back and forth. Yes. Uh, Now, for months, apparently, she's been meeting with prominent Democratic media consultant Mandy Grunwald to improve her communication skills and continues to do so. I would ask for the money back, personally. I don't know. I guess in my mind, I think of it as, especially in the beginning, she would say what was on her mind, and then they would pull her aside and say, no, 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 no. Yeah. That's that's not the talking point. That's not what we're going to do. Here's what you say. And then it would be a 180 in two days. Yep. And now it's almost like every time she goes on, you can see her gripping. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yes. It's been that way for a while. Yeah, she's but, very nervous. I mean, the most recent example is last week they come out and they're like, okay, uh, if you get COVID, the isolation time is no longer 10 days, it's five days. And then a few days later... I think actually within the quarantine period, they come out and they're like, well, actually, no, uh, uh, you can test if you want to, but if you get a negative test, it doesn't mean that you're actually negative. Uh, So, you know, you can go out, but wear a mask and hop on one leg and only travel backwards uh, for the following five days. Yes. None of it made sense. No. And on that, Okay, remember earlier in the week, we played a couple of clips. It was an interview Joe Rogan had with Dr. Robert Malone. And one of the things he brought up in the interview was mass formation psychosis. You're like, what the heck is that? And it was laid out um, as to what it was, and it's sort of the reason that a lot of the things over the last year and a half haven't made any sense, right? And all of a sudden, YouTube pulls that interview, just gone. And now it's it's sort of trending on Twitter, but people are looking it up on Google. I happen to see The Hill, which I always thought certainly leaned left as far as a news outlet, David. But you would say it's kind of a mosh. Yeah, a little bit. I you know generally is less charitable to Republicans than Democrats, but I, I think they're equal opportunity bad take havers generally. Okay. So they have this morning news roundup and one of the ladies on there is kim iverson and so she brings up mass information psychosis and a google search on it from this last weekend this is how she lays it out when people went to search for the term on google a couple of strange things happened some people saw this odd disclaimer from google saying the results were changing quickly and that it would take time for results to be added by reliable sources what does this even mean i thought when you googled something it would bring up sites relating to the topic why would google need time to add results by quote unquote reliable sources sounds like they're censoring search results it does doesn't it yeah and i guess we sort of already know that but that's a little alarming, I would say. Um, so she brings up the four conditions that's been laid out for mass formation psychosis. And I just want your opinion on this. I'm not saying I am 100% in on this. Just saying I thought it was interesting and wanted to get, you know, feedback on what you think. Um, and she starts laying this out. 
The four conditions that lead up to mass formation psychosis result in people who are radically intolerant and people who are irrational in their solutions. So in regards to this pandemic, we're seeing this intolerance of the unvaccinated, where many people who consider themselves very open-minded or even quote-unquote woke are saying things they believe, are saying that they believe the unvaccinated should be removed from society in some way. You've seen that, right? Yeah. Vaccine, passports, all of that stuff. Right. And they also say in mass formation psychosis, a lot of times like Jim Jones and drinking the Kool-Aid. It's like this is how this happens, where you get a whole lot of people to believe something that's not true, basically, Mm -hmm. because people are trying to figure out what is going on right now because so much doesn't make sense. And so a little bit more on like this sort of vaccinated versus unvaccinated. The virus seems to be spreading through vaccinated and unvaccinated populations alike. So segregating based on vaccination status doesn't make any sense to me. That was her own thought. I think there's a lot of people in that boat, isn't there? Yeah. And and I, I think that, you know, when you're still hearing from the experts, let's say back in June or so, while I would, I, you know, I guess Biden was still saying we're not going to force, you know, people to take the vaccine or whatever. But at that time, they were still telling us, well, you know, if you get the vaccine, you're probably not going to spread it. You're not going to get COVID if you and if you do, you're not going to spread it. Right. That's what he said in July. The logic of the vaccine passport, while inherently flawed, still makes a little bit of sense if that is the case. Right. If you can say Mm -hmm. the only people getting it and spreading it are people who have not gotten the vaccine, at least then you have a basis for the goal of, of separating vaccinated and unvaccinated. But now it really doesn't make any sense. Now you've lost that foundation. Yes. And then she talks about social isolation. The first condition is some sort of social isolation. Of course, we've seen that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Lockdowns and not having any social interaction with one another could also count in this category. Yes. And then the second, what is it? Loss of enjoyment. Just things you used to enjoy. I was thinking about Robbins when she mentioned this. Like during the pandemic, I can't do anything I like to do. In the example of a religious cult, they think this earth life is undesirable and blame infidels. (laughs) Right. But this. The second condition is some sort of despair, loss of enjoyment, perceived negative change in lifestyle. Obviously, this entire pandemic has created a massive loss of enjoyment and severely shifted lifestyles for many. Yes. You've Mm -hmm. talked about that a lot. Mm, Yeah. So that's why I was thinking about you there. True, man. Yes. And then as she goes into the rest of her second point of what happens in mass formation psychosis, it rolls into the third one. People feel a loss of something in their lives and blame these others for that loss. But basically, the second condition is life isn't so great and these others are to blame. The third condition is being in a constant state of fear, anxiety or anger. And I think this one speaks for itself. Probably does, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the. And the fourth condition is a leader or group of leaders who come along and say they have the solution to the fear and anxiety and can make things better. They offer a solution and the people become fixated and follow through with that solution. And just to open up the conversation, 
the last clip I will play for you is this. So the question is, do we think we're living in a mass formation psychosis under Fauci's leadership where the only solution is vaccination and only vaccination will save us from this pandemic? First of all, I was surprised that that was on the Hill. Second, I'm like, okay. My answer is I'll just go first. I don't know. But all of what she said made sense. All that stuff is happening. And as we've gone on, there have been just so many things that don't make common sense. And you're scratching your head. Well, no. And I mean, think, about, think about cloth masks with kids in school. Yeah. We know how detrimental it is to kids. And if you wear a cloth mask correctly... It gives you 15 to 20% efficacy. Right. What are we doing? That doesn't make sense to demand that at schools across the country when kids still have very little risk to COVID. I mean, that's just one example. So as that is laid out, what's your overall gut feeling, Scott? Well, I, I agree with about 100% of that, <laughs> but this is something we've been talking about for months now. The same stuff. It's just like all of a sudden everybody's catching up going, wait a minute. You told me on the 4th of July I could take my mask off and live, go about my life. Mm-hmm. I, I was free of COVID. Good deal. You talked me into getting a vaccine for that very reason. Now, how many people in America do you think are under the psychosis, if that's what it is? Oh, my gosh. We'll go out sometime. <laughs> go out sometime. I mean, the mask people as I call them, because it is a religion. It's like the Church of Mask. Are and, you just and, talking about somebody wearing and, it in their And the Church like of Vaccination. When, well, yeah. I'm, ta- I'm talking about the idea and notion that's been spread that, hey, if you get COVID and you're unvaccinated, too bad, you're on your own. You need to go to the hospital, screw you. Yeah, that would be on the demonizing people. That's nuts. I mean, that's like saying if you smoke and get lung cancer, well, screw you, you're on your own. Right. I mean, you know, how do say, we do well, what's going on here? Contributed to that, right? Or well, saying, well, you should pay more for yes. health care. That hasn't been something. If you're that... obese, you get diabetes. Sorry, we're not giving you insulin. Your fault. <laughs> what the hell is going on here? That doesn't make any sense. None of this makes any sense. David, what did you think? Yeah, I think uh, I think that uh, that's a very drawn out way of explaining what a group of people will do in the face of fear. Uh, whether it is uh, justified, not justified, or a little bit of a mix of both, um, you know, and and I do think right now you have this confluence of uh, money interests and in the and the on the part of companies like Amazon that have made yep. a mint off yep. of this pandemic. Uh, you've got government officials who who genuinely want to expand what their powers are. Uh, and, you know, they want to reshape the country. And then I do think that uh, you have some people who have fallen victim to the fear mongers, and they're just not thinking straight anymore. And so they think they're doing the right thing. I mean, I know people personally who really think that it's this mark of shame because they got COVID. And I mean, I know even there's now a, there. Yeah, there's a family member oh, of yeah. mine who got covid a couple of months ago, was vaccinated, hadn't yet got the booster, but uh, was vaccinated, got covid and was apologizing for getting it. And I'm like, well, 
Well, that's kind of crazy for you to apologize for it. And, yeah. and I hear this time and time again. I was doing all the right things. This is a tricky virus. You're not to blame unless you were walking up to somebody who was very sick with COVID and having them spit directly into your mouth. <laughs> well, You're not to blame for getting COVID. It's, it's a virus. Right, right. What the hell is this? I want to switch gears for a second. I don't know if you saw the story from The View. Whoopi Goldberg is yeah. kind of ticked off because she's kind of like, I did all the right things. Well, yeah. Well, COVID, the coronavirus is a tricky little bastard. But it was never sold that way. Right. And that's isn't that the problem? The leaders that were supposed to at least believe a good portion of the time, you can't trust what they say. No. Because they've proven to be liars time and time again. The unvaccinated also put our economy at risk, recovery at risk, mm-hmm. causing unease in the economy around the, and uh, causing unease around the kitchen table. The great uniter. Remember, he's going to unite the country. The refusal has cost all of us. The refusal to get vaccinated has cost all of us. And I'm moving forward to vaccination requirements wherever I can. Of course. Ah, uh, yes, the great order. not. Again, and it's not protecting you from, in his words, Omnicorn or whatever he calls it. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing it would be laughable if it wasn't such a pain in the neck for everybody. Omnicorn pop. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, more from that dust-up with Ted Cruz and Tucker Carlson last oh, night. Oh, We have a Friday Five today. All coming up right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Well, it's Friday. That feels good. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Dust up. Ted Cruz, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> now, this was epic. Yeah. It really was, man. Yeah, I, I was. I couldn't believe what I was seeing at, no, at the time it happened. Yeah, well, he Ted Cruz referred to the Capitol riot as a terrorist attack this week, uh, and that upset a lot of people. So he went on Tucker Carlson's show and tried to explain what he was getting at. Yeah, because Tucker had called him out. And I guess he texted. Ted texted Tucker during that night to say, I want to come on the show, and then this is part of it. The reason I use that word is that's the word I've always used for people that violently attack cops. But in this context, I get why people were angry, because we've had a year of the corrupt corporate media and Democrats claiming anyone who who objected to to the election fraud and by the way remember what was happening during wait, 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 wait. Can, can i ask hold on you work in this i just i guess i just don't believe you and i mean that with respect because i have such respect for your acuity and your precision and i've seen it on display i've covered you as a reporter i know how you speak and you have sat there for a year and watched people use language to distort the events of that day intentionally insurrection coup it, of course terrorism insurrection there's a little bit left but honestly i think that was good for a lot of people because there are a lot of people that would tune in to see tucker that have been frustrated with republicans in congress for a number of different reasons 
not just Democrats, but Republicans really not doing what they've been asked in a lot of different instances. So, yeah, I think people liked that last night. Saying it's an insurrection is a political term. It's a lie. I've repeatedly denounced it. And, and, and when it comes to, look, I was focusing on what I normally say. That, what you aired was a little 15-second snippet. What I normally say is violence is wrong, peaceful protest is right. If you engage in violence, you should be prosecuted. If you're speaking, you have a right to speak. I right. say that all the time. Well, I meant and I agree. That snippet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's really going to be choosing his words carefully now, I would gather. Mm-hmm. Okay. we got to get ready for the Big Friday Five. First one. Of 2022. I never thought about that, but you're right. First one of the year. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. We're looking for a lot of different countdowns we could do. If you're new to the countdown, we take a little break on Friday and usually do like a music countdown. And it might have to do with something in the news or it might be an idea that we come up with. And we had like three different ideas and we realized there was something we've never done before. That is what artist or band, whatever had the biggest song of their career be a cover song. Oh, wow. Think a little bit about that. Yeah. And so as we were doing, I'm going to say it, deep dive, even though you're not (laughs) supposed to use that term anymore in 2022. And we were surprised by some songs maybe we didn't know were cover songs or that that particular song was the biggest hit of this artist's career. It turns out to be this is a really fun list. You know, at the end of the day, Jamie, this is a great list. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. So it's bands or artists that made it big, and their biggest hit was a cover. If you want to get in early, the number is 210-619-2053. 210-619-2053. It's the Friday Five. Coming up next, right here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Every Friday at this time. We do a countdown, take a little break from news, have a little fun, and this is what it sounds like to start. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody wants to get mellow, you can get the f*** out of here, all right? The Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Okay. Now, if you're new to the show, this probably makes no sense to you. But it's probably the most popular thing we do all week. The Friday Five, doing a countdown. And today, something we've never done before. It is artists or bands that had their biggest song with not their own song, but a cover song. Think about that. We were going to do artists and bands who have had three COVID shots and still got COVID. (laughs) <laughs> but this is only a 20-minute segment. So. Or top five insurrections. right? <laughs> <laughs> but that will have to be for another week. 
top five insurrections. So if there's somebody you have in mind, the number's 210-619-2053. The criteria which we base this is, first of all, the song How Big of a Hit Was It? Two, does it stand the test of time? And three, how much do you personally like it? We put it all together, and I see that one song got robbed that is not in the top five, and I can't hardly believe it. I think David's going to be with me on that. Um, but let's just get right to it. Uh, let's talk to Woody in Washington. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys. Love your show. This artist made future president of the United States, Dolly Parton, a lot of money. <laughs> I will always love you, Whitney Houston. Yeah, very good call. And I okay. I'm surprised, Scott. Did you have that in your top I five? did not. You were Top 40 Radio when that was out. It was I played massive. it for like three months. Yes. Twice, you know, every 90 minutes. Yes. What you, you know what? It, there's test no test of time at all on that thing. I never hear this record anywhere. Okay. Yeah. Not even when I'm pushing my cart in the grocery store. I just saw, was it last week on YouTube? It was a metal singer doing, was it a version of that or Celine Dion? My heart will go on. Like in the, in the power ballad. Yeah. Uh, so it's pretty funny. Why not? Right? Anyway. Okay. So that's not in the five. Who's next? Uh, we got Billy in Portland. Hey, Billy. Hey, Billy. What's up, fellas? Hey, Billy. Billy. What's, up, What's going on, Billy? What's up? Hey, what you got? Uh, Get right to it. I don't have any pearls of wisdom today. Manfred Mann's Earth Band, Blinded by the Light. Yep. Good call. Number three. Blinded by the light. The Bruce Springsteen song. Bruce did not have a hit with it. Behind the music. Bruce Springsteen's only song to go to number one. It does something. And he didn't even do it. I think that is a fact that David Van Camp brings to the table with bleach. Well, you know, anytime I can needle the Dr. Thunder of Bob Seegers, <laughs> I'll do it. The other the other Snapple fact I have for you about Whitney Houston and the I Will Always Love You is uh, Dolly Parton wrote that and Jolene in the same day. Man, that's something. I didn't know It's a good that. day for Dolly. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's astounding. By the way, Blinded by the Light, it's revved up like a deuce. Right. Just wanted you to know, because that is the most misunderstood lyric of all time. You're absolutely right about (laughs) that. Yes. Okay. Who's next? Uh, We got David in Oregon. Hey, David. Well, happy Friday, gentlemen, and happy New Year. David. Happy New Year. Yeah, man. We love David. Hey, Scotty, I'm calling my dog now Righty. Righty? Come here, boy. A picture of him. Oh, I got to see that. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Yeah. Anywho, um, isn't it nice that we have a world-class thumb sucker and a pot liquor for uh, our president and vice president? I mean, holy cow. Yeah. We love David. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for the countdown, David? How about a little run DMC walk this way? Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's an odd cover because it's the original artist, at least two of them, on the song. Yep. But you know what hurt this a lot was Test of Time. Yeah. 
Aerosmith resurrected a dead career at that point. Yes. You know, it's bittersweet for me. Because I was one of the few. I did not dig it. I never liked this better than the original. Every time it would come on, I'd rather hear the original. You know, under the under the confines of rap, Walk This Way was kind of Steven Tyler rapping. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I get that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's fun to look back on and see the video and all that stuff. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And now, on with the countdown. Uh, Let's talk to Greg in Portland. Hey, Greg. Hey, gentlemen. Um, Hey, Greg. I'd like to dedicate dedicate this to my wife, Monica, and the QN Shaman. (laughs) All right. And it's all along along the Watchtower by uh, Jimi Hendrix. Yep. Oh, yeah. Number five. There must be some kind of way out of here. That's what you had to look up to make sure that was the biggest song. There's too much confusion. I can't get no relief. Am I the only one that still loves this song? The Jimmy Hendrix version? I don't turn it off. It's a good mood song. From the beginning. Okay, I don't want to go deep into guitar stuff, but as a guitar player, David, the solo, how it goes into three parts, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, it's it's a great version of this song. Definitely better than the original from Bob Dylan. Agree. You agree with that, Scott? Yeah. I mean... Wow. I'm surprised you agree. Why? Because usually, like, well, the cover's never as good. Well, usually it isn't. The, okay. But in this case, in this countdown, there's a lot of the covers that are much better than the originals. Again, the countdown today is artists or bands that had their biggest hit with a cover song. The number's 210-619-2053. And back to it, we're still looking for number one and number two. Yeah, we got uh, Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year, Mary. Thanks for checking in. Right. What you thinking today? Okay. I'm thinking with a little help from my friends by Joe Cocker. Yes. You know what we discovered yesterday? Joe Cocker did a lot of cover songs. Almost exclusively cover songs. And his biggest song was You Are So Beautiful, which was a cover song. I don't even know who wrote that. Oh, Billy Preston? Yes, I believe that's true. Okay, I just thought about it. Yes. So, still... Had Did you ever work when you when you worked in radio? You had to log the song and the art and the person who wrote it on a oh, sheet of paper. You're going way back. You, yeah, did, like, you never had to do that though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I did too. I did, David didn't, but we did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did. You the, had to log it on a piece of paper too. Yeah. And my first uh, my first radio gig, there was no automation system, so we're running everything off of CD, and you have your yeah yeah the songs you got to play, and you had to log everything. Yeah, BMI and ASCAP for like yep. two weeks. You had to do that and then send it in. Yeah. So what's the point of that? Well, my point is you knew who wrote the song then. Y- yes. That's my point. You'd yeah. be like, yeah, you'd be surprised a lot of yes. times. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, who's next? Uh, let's talk to George in Virginia. Hey, George. Happy 2020, comrade, <laughs> from almost three Commonwealth of Virginia. <laughs> How's the weather? Weather is okay. Cold, no snow here today. Good. But I heard that people blame yet to be inaugurated Governor Yunkin for failure to clear I-95 in Nova. <laughs> right, yes, yeah, that's right. That was a big story this a week, Huge Gordon. story, yeah. Yeah. Yes, when heard these accusations, the White House pudding brain decided to use this tactic. He now says inflation, Afghan debacle, border crisis, and COVID deaths will be the fault of the next president who will be truly righteous, uniting macho patriot or Trump 
for short. <laughs> well played, George. Yeah, not bad. And what are you thinking today? Well, number, putting Blaine to number two in his pants, but I think I must have number one song, which is I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett. That was actually my number one. Number four. Okay. That was the number one song. Definitely the biggest of Joan Jett's career. That's a test of time where everyone agrees yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where'd you guys have it for personal life, Mo? I had it kind of in the middle. Scott had this one at number five, I think, on his personal, on his okay. on his list. I had this one at number three, I think. Wow, okay. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to getting to number one and number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's another honorable mention that I can't believe is not in the top five. Of course not. What does that mean? Well, it means you do this every week. Well, that's part of the fun I'm I told. No, it is. Just being honest. Very fun. All right, one more real quick. Uh, Joey in Scranton. Yes. Hey, hey boys, it's your, it's your boy Joey here from uh, Scranton, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Uh, uh, this is one of my favorite uh, songs. <laughs> one of my favorite songs from Cineado uh, O'Connor. It's nothing compares to you. Right? <laughs> President Xi Jinping. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could hear a menacing dog barking in the background there, Joey. Doubt. Yeah, it's Brent's song. Not only the biggest hit of her career, the only, only hit, hit of, her of her career. You want to know how to commit career suicide, just follow her story. Yeah. She's still very angry. Oh, yeah. Very angry. And still very bald. Again, <laughs> we're doing the greatest artists or bands that made it. Their biggest hit with a cover. Very eloquent in explaining that. The number is 210-619-2053. Still looking for number one and number two. And we'll get to it. Finish it up coming up. Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It's the Friday Five count that we do every Friday. And today, doing the artists or bands that had their biggest hit with a cover song. Number five, Jimi Hendrix, Fall Along the Watchtower. Four, Joan Jett, The Blackhearts, I Love Rock and Roll. Three, Manfred Mann, and his Earth Band, Blinded by the Light, a Bruce Springsteen song. We're still looking for number two and looking for number one. The number is 210-619-2053. And now back to it, David. Well, let's talk to Peyton in Washington. Hey, Peyton. Hello, guys. How are we doing this morning? Great, Peyton. What you thinking, buddy? Hey, I'm thinking uh, Signs by Tesla. Or yeah, yes. Why not? The five man electrical band song from Tesla. Their cover was from their acoustic album. Five man acoustic band. Yeah, they had a big hit with that. Oh, yeah. Are you guys in top 40 at the time, Scott? You played a couple of Tesla songs. Yeah. This one is Love Song? Love Song? Yeah. Really are the greatest bar band in America. I agree. 
I'll take that as a compliment. Oh, it, it is. I love their originals, too. I did, too. I love the modern-day cowboy. Yes, there That's you go. Good song. Did you ever see them live in yes, concert? Yes, I saw okay. them open for Alice Cooper. Oh, yeah, that first tour. Yeah. They are great live. A lot of fun. Yeah, okay. they were fun. Who's next? Uh, let's talk to Mark in Portland. Hey, Mark. Hey, happy Friday, guys. Um, Thanks, my Mark. guess is for uh, my favorite type of uh, piano intro is uh, Great White, Once Bitten, Twice Shy. Yeah, great man. Home. Well played. Yeah. Number two. I want to admit something I said. Tesla is not. They are the second greatest bar band in America. Great White great is white's the, the first. greatest. Because of their ability to cover Zeppelin? Yes. That Zeppelin live album is awesome. Jack Russell's a great singer. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. He can handle that stuff. And that was the biggest hit of their career. Ian Hunter wrote that song. Yes. Yeah, Jack Russell once said the uh, F word on the air when I was at. That's right. Yep. <laughs> and somehow you had a job the next day. It wasn't my fault. Well, it was all part of the whole thing. We were doing an acoustic show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the mic is live, and I don't know if he knew we were on or... He was a rock star. He didn't care. Whatever. Right. It was rock and roll. It was fine. <laughs> you guys weren't yeah. lubricated at all either, no. I'm sure. Are you kidding me? Right. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Justin in Washington. Hey, Justin. Hello, gentlemen. Good morning. Justin. Hey, Justin. Thanks hey. for checking in. This was uh, this was my eight- and nine-year-old's first major rock band uh, concert we went to this summer. It's the Black Crows. Hard to handle. Wow. Good call. Number one. Hey, little thing, let me light your candle calls. Oh, mama, I'm so all to handle now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that song. Yeah. Do you think most people know it's a cover? You brought that up yesterday. When we yeah, I don't know. That that feels like Snappleback territory, right? Like something that not a whole lot. Of, but I, Man for Man is probably in that category as well. I suppose it's hard to say because we, well, and this shows the age of the different people on the show. I think when this came out, you were three years old. Yeah. And Scott and I were playing it on the radio yeah. at different stations. Yeah. You did play this at Top 40, yes, right? Yes, sure. That was a huge record. She Talks to Angels. That was a follow-up, I think. And those were both big records. Yeah. At Top 40. Yeah. And I, I got song. one quick story. Chris Robinson and Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz was opening for the Stones. And Chris Robinson happened to be at the show. In Chicago? Yeah. Yeah. And I was back there mm-hmm. yapping. And I heard those two guys embraced each other. Hey, how you doing? And then uh, Chris Robinson says to Lenny, are you hanging? And he said, yeah. I'm at the hotel. Ask for Fred Sanford. <laughs> that was great. I think we had our picture taken together at that show. Yeah, I think we did, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yep. Okay. So there's an honorable mention that I mentioned that has not been on yet, and it hasn't made the top five. We got more calls to get to as well. Who's next, David? All right, we're running out of time. There's a few that we got to play. We had messages, people that couldn't hang. Well, there was one. I forgot about this. The career went south for Uncle Cracker after this, it seems. Yeah, to bring that song back, it was that got played everywhere for a while. The big song. Yeah, no doubt about it. Okay. The song that I thought would make the top five, because we were talking about it yesterday, it was a big hit. 
you know, even at top 40, I think you played it, Scott. And we all thought test of time. David, I think you gave it like an eight because it gets played on video games and it's kind of gone through generations. And it's quiet. But it didn't make it. You know what? That is not on Robbins. That is on me. What? Just looking up my notes here. No, I. Robbins had it at number two. Okay. Didn't Wait a quite make it. You like that song? I do like that song. And you said it was an eight for a test of time. Yeah. What happened? I booted it. Oh. So you're saying not that something beat it out, it was a mental error. I, well, I guess Manford Mann might have beaten it out. David. I know. <laughs> it's okay. We all make mistakes. Maybe Whitney Houston, because I wanted to be able to say that I gave her like a third of a cent by having the song played. Okay. I mean, it happens. It's all right. It, nobody's mad. Maybe a little disappointed. Not a big deal. People will get over that. You know what else we didn't know, or at least I didn't know, uh, when I was growing up, I learned it later on, that was a cover. Yeah. That's a test of time, right? It just was on the charts this week in 1975, is that right? Would have been after that. The dog was 77, I thought. No, it was 76, because I saw him live in concert that summer. Of course, was a hit in 76? I think so. Would you be willing to bet on? No, I don't remember it now. I don't want to. I don't want to bet on it for sure. Okay. I think it was '76 though. Okay, we'll look it up. You have five bucks. I saw him at sure. a daytime show too. It was weird. It's like they came strange. on at like three in the afternoon. And they were the headliner. Well, you better get ready now. You got your big three stories of the day. Yeah. The Scott Robbins trifecta is next right here. Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Before we get to Robbins and the trifecta, you have a news update. David Van Camp. Yeah, and I know we're going to have a little bit more on this in the uh, Scott Robbins trifecta, but uh, today the Supreme Court heard arguments over the OSHA vaccine mandate, which Joe Biden wanted to put in place as a way of forcing people to get the vaccine. OSHA never really implemented it because, well, there's been this court battle going on, and today the Supreme Court heard the arguments. Um, I think it was interesting on a couple of points. One is that uh, Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, his Mm -hmm. tweets have come up now a few times in uh, in these arguments because he's admitting to breaking the law. With some of these mandates, one of them is Ron Klain claiming that the OSHA mandate is a workaround for the constitutional issues involved in this. And so I think it was John Roberts who was asking, what, what are you working around here? What, what, what is it that you're trying to do here? You're, you're admitting that you're doing something that's unconstitutional, but you think you have the authority to do it because 
it's an independent government agency. Hmm, very interesting. That is interesting. So that would be fun. But then also we get to see the uh, stupidity of at least one of the Supreme Court justices, and that would be Justice Sonia Sotomayor. So she is arguing that OSHA can regulate people because people are like machines. What? Yeah, this <laughs> is insanity. <laughs> Listen to this line of reasoning here. It's insanity. So what's the difference between this and telling employers where sparks are flying in the workplace, your workers have to be, wear a mask? When sparks are flying in the workplace, that's presumably because there's a machine that's unique to that workplace. That is the. Why is the human being not like a machine if it's spewing a virus, blood-borne viruses? It isn't. Are you questioning Congress's power or desire that OSHA do this? It's not a blood-borne virus. <laughs> that that why is a human not a machine? Like a machine. That. That, to me, is like, I don't know, a Roger Waters deep cut. You know, that's... <laughs> I was thinking Metallica spit out the bone. Right. The machines have taken over. <laughs> Holy smokes, This is how man. they see the American people. Isn't COVID-19 a respiratory illness? Haven't we been told that? You know, the other thing, I'm thinking back to what Biden said earlier today with, should Americans be prepared to live with covid and it was this, well, see if you can make sense out of what he means by this. Mr. President, is here to stay? No, I don't think COVID is here to stay. That having COVID in the environment here and in the world is probably here to stay. But COVID, as we're dealing with it now, is not here to stay. The- <laughs> he just said it was. It's here and around the world. It's here to stay. And then he says, well, no, it's not here to stay. Like, I don't even it's know what current form. But again, for the vaccine, I'm, honestly, I'm trying to make sense of this. So, David, Scott, go down this road with me. It's a, it's a short road. Mm-hmm. So we know from Omicron that the vaccine that we're talking about and fully boosted doesn't protect you from getting this coronavirus. Correct. Uh, correct. That's what it seems to be. Yeah. Yes. But you should still get it, they say, because, well, you won't get as sick. That's what they tell me. Your chance of hospitalization or death goes down. That's why you should do it, right? Mm -hmm. But you can still spread it, right? Yes. So why the mandate? No, the, the entire argument for a vaccine mandate has fallen apart. It has. That's what I'm saying. It was I mean, on, how does that still make sense? Yeah, it was on shaky ground to begin with legally, but at least you had a foundation of saying, we're doing this to prevent people from getting the virus and spreading the virus. At least, you, whether you agree with that or not, you know that was at least a logical basis and foundation for the argument in favor of vaccine mandates. At this point, if the vaccine is only preventing the individual from getting sick, then there is no societal responsibility involved in getting the vaccine. It's it's whether or not you want to take it for your own benefit. Yeah, and so the other old argument of, well, a polio vaccine and kids taking vaccines, you had to take vaccines. So why is this different? Well, it doesn't protect you from getting it. Well, yeah, which is part of what I'm about to tell you. The other part, well, with 
the other vaccines the kids have had to get. You're not going to spread it to somebody else. You're doing it for yourself. So why are they even calling it a vaccine? Is still a question. Of course, if it was, in fact, bloodborne, there'd be no reason to have a mask on or to socially distance. Okay. And you have part of this in the trifecta. Don't I want to do. steal your thunder, no, no. so let's just get right there. Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. And always helping Scott count it down. This is our friend Casey Kasem. It's your friend. He's our friend. He's your friend. Welcome to your the hero. show. Yeah. I'm Casey Kasem. Pull up a chair. I'm Casey. ready. All right, let's I never go. listen to Casey Kasem. Three. You never listened to Unless Casey Kasem. Unless I was forced. What, the weekly top 40? Growing countdown? up in where? Poland? Like, where? What? What do you mean you never listened to him? Why would, it was three hours of top 40 music. You never listened to him. Unless someone else had it on. I never put it on. Okay. Why would I? I don't know. What's to hear Madonna records? No, I'm sorry. No disrespect to the late great. Gosh, Dan, Casey, he's not going to come back if you keep doing this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, whatever. So sorry. That's right. Do you accept my apology? Yeah. Okay, right. let's move on then. He didn't mean it, Casey. So, so he's heard of you. So for number three, you want to talk again about something else that Sonia Sotomayor said about... Yeah, I do, actually, because uh, I'm wondering if Twitter is going to suspend her for misinformation on COVID. Because they've done this to everybody else. Well, she said, as she talked... Well, you just played it, the other clip. Not like a machine when it's a bloodborne illness, you know. Yeah. Um, she also said Omicron is as deadly as any other form of the coronavirus, which is demonstrably untrue. Laughably untrue, as a matter of fact. Well, she also claimed that there are 100,000 children in serious condition in the yes. hospital. Some of them, many, many of on them. ventilators. Well, yeah. Many Listen on ventilators. Um, we have hospitals that are almost at full capacity with people severely ill on ventilators. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in, in serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators. Okay. Now, let's fact check that. We have not had 100,000 pediatric admissions correlated to COVID-19 in the country total since they started tracking this information. Total in August of 2020. There aren't 100,000 children currently in serious condition anywhere in any data that's provided. Even Fauci last week talked about hospitalization spike in pediatric admissions were relatively mild and almost entirely because of uh, simpler admissions, like broken leg, and then they test you, and you test positive, right? Yeah, he went out and what, said this is a sitting freaking Supreme Court justice who doesn't know this. <laughs> how is that freaking possible? When you're going to hear this case, hey, how do you not know that? I don't know. That's inexplicable. No, and see, then, but that's uh, patently false. Elena I mean, Kagan said, we know the best way to prevent spread is for people to get vaccinated. There's zero evidence on this. Omicron is proof of that. It's something, man. It feels like with Sotomayor, oh, when when you go out and say things that are just not true, isn't that desperation? Yes. In some form? Uh, well, she's definitely very much in favor of the vaccine mandates. That that much has been oh, clear. Yeah. You know, this wasn't just 
uh, curious line of inquiry here. This was arguing actually in favor of it. She's already prejudged this case. Yes. But it's almost like the desperation. Mm-hmm. And now that more and more facts about it and the data comes out, it makes less and less sense. The more screeching happens. Yes. Wow. And the countdown continues. <laughs> yeah. Two. Now I want to go back on this again real quick. The uh, COVID vaccine mandates yeah. that are out there. It is worth noting today, I suppose, when we talk about this, that public school mandates have typically involved vaccines against measles, mumps, rubella. You know what these have in common? What? They offer a lifetime of protection against the disease. (laughs) Yes. This argument kills me. I had a guy, I had a guy, a waiter. Yeah. A freaking waiter at a restaurant. Over here's me talking to a table next to me about the vaccinations, right? Okay. Again, I'm not anti-vax. I'm vaccinated three times. Mm-hmm. Got coronavirus, by the way. Yes. We're talking about this across the table, and this lady's like, I'm just really, I'm squishy on it. You know, it, I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily, but I just don't know. I'd like to wait. This guy, on his way out, pivots and goes, well, you had vaccination for everything else before you could start school. And I he went, said, hey! Hold on hey! a second. Hold on. Hold on. He yeah. said, what? He had vaccinations for everything else before he had to start school. That's a bad argument. I, I think know, it's used well, all the it time. It does, and I'm telling you, this is why. Measles, mumps, rubella, any of these diseases you're vaccinated for, it's a lifetime guarantee. You're not going to get it. Right. It's not a, something that every three months you're going to have to get a booster for. That isn't it. No, this is more like a flu shot. And now fully vaccinated, by the way, they've changed the definition. Of it's three times now. In order to be fully vaccinated, you have to have three shots. Well, they're the not verbiage. even saying fully vaccinated anymore. No, they've changed the verbiage, too. Yeah, it's up to date. Up to date. Up to yeah. date, yeah. <laughs> I just hate because the guy the guy pivots when he's saying this on his way out. Like, we're just stupid. Mm-hmm. The numbers get smaller yeah. as the hits get bigger. Uh, Joy Reid. Fi- oh, sorry, go ahead. And finally, one. Thing. I didn't mean to interrupt Casey Kasem. Uh, Joy Reid might be out of a job at MSNBC. Yeah, according to sources, uh, breaking out of Comcast, MSNBC's Joy Less Reid is going to get the axe. Her show is going bye-bye because I guess they finally have had enough. It's not official yet, by the way. Mm-hmm. But a guy, uh, John Nicosia, News Cycle Media, is the one reporting it, and they say he generally has really great sources. She's going to lose her 7 p.m. show in the next round of reshuffling. She does not have a show come mid-spring. The decision has been made. The only thing left to do is the messaging on the move, as was the case with Chris Cuomo. Now, here's the thing. I'm torn on this. I really am. There's one side of me that says, good, we don't need that kind of garbage on TV, right? Yeah. But there's another side of me that goes, she's the best thing ever for the conservative Republican argument. (laughs) Right? As long as she was on there spewing her nonsense... Uh, I'm looking at... And I don't know what her viewer is going to do in his spare time once she's gone. Gosh, I mean, do we need to play any Joy Reid I think we do. I mean, there's so many, and some of them... She's insufferable. It it goes on and on and on. I mean, some of the most racist stuff you can imagine... Oh, my gosh, yes. ...that's been going on for a long time. Well, you know, white people don't want kids taught about race. Right. We don't. Yeah. And the exit poll showed that, that 
which was interesting that the coronavirus or that the virus it was a very has low not importance to many yes. of the voters which there. Was it was about Virginia. education, right. which is code for white parents don't like the idea of teaching right. about race. And I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> race is just the most palpable tool in the toolkit. It used to be of the Democratic Party back right. in the day when they were Dixiecrats, and now of the Republican Party. It just is powerful. I don't dis- I don't disagree with that, but I also think that you know the other thing that happens here is well, just the thermostatic public opinion, which is a term coined by a political scientist. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean th- there was so many just in a year's time with Joy Reid. I mean Tucker Carlson referring to her as the race lady is spot on. Yes. Her entire existence is based on on racist inflammatory comments. That's it. Yes. That it's is the true. whole show every single night. Okay. Is that it? Yeah. And there you have it. Fantastic. Okay, because we got another news update. I know we do. Yeah. And we have Nimrods in the news. Um <laughs> which is worth hanging around for. It's three really good Nimrods to get to. This is the Markley Vane Camp and Robin Show. It's really been an honor for me. See you, buddy. Thank you. Bye. Markley Van Camp, Robin Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so the judge has dropped the criminal case against former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Mm. Yeah, it seemed like he was getting problematic for somebody who wanted him out of the way. So that part's all just done now. Mm-hmm. Is he going to get his job back? No. Oh, no. No, that thing is long gone. Forget about all that. Um, and you've mentioned this a few times, just real quick before we get to Nimrods, that Yellowstone broke all these records. Yeah, the most ratings. watched television show in the last five years. Yeah. And it's on Paramount. And different people are trying to explain the success. Um, Megan McCain said, because the show isn't woke. That's very true. It's not. There were some woke elements that some of the fans of the show didn't like this season. You didn't like this season as much. No, but I don't know if it's because of woke, necessarily. There's some things I just clearly didn't get where it was going. Yeah. Well, not to get into it too much. No. But if you're a fan of the show, you probably understand. The whole Indian conversion thing was weird. Well, then the woke girl and John stands up for her and all that. Yeah, that was a little. But the judge shredded her, which was fun. Like I said, can't get too deep into the show. No, no, you you, got to watch the show. But, I mean, it's, it's still... You know, I'm waiting. Yes. I'm, I'm still. I'm waiting. Not enough diver- division, diversion in the class, or the uh, diversity, diversity in within the class on the show. We shall see. You know, it's only represented by white people. Well, that's not true. They got Indians on there. American Indians. There's a black man in the bunkhouse. All right, we well, got naturally he's in the bunkhouse. <laughs> when going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrods in the News on the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. <laughs> Nimrods in the News, starting in Philadelphia. 29-year-old guy, Jacob McFarland, stole a couple of toys from <clears throat> an adult. 
toy store last yeah. week. They your garden variety ones, or I don't even <laughs> want to say what section he was in. To be honest, did they vibrate and wiggle? Not exactly. Okay. Gosh, this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> Thing is, the cashier knew exactly who Jacob was. You know why? Because he had recently applied for a job there. <laughs> well. <laughs> They always tell, you know, the people that work at a store, don't go after the robbers. Well, the cashier caught up with him in the parking lot and put him in a headlock. Well. Anyway, yeah, he was found. He's in a lot of trouble. Um, police in Iowa, Cedar Rapids, that they saw someone driving the wrong way down the highway. Oh, boy. Hitting multiple cars, including a semi, a corn spilling all over the interstate. Wow. And then the suspect stripped naked and ran off. Later caught and then taken to the hospital for an evaluation. And then a guy was charged with robbery after using a meat cleaver to threaten a grocery store employee in Canada. In New York City, we wouldn't have to go to jail for that. You take the meat with him. And that's Nimrod's in the news.